Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 466 for the 10th of Adar in a regular year. Yesterday, we spoke all about love. We began what's known as the love or heart chapter, chapter 32, which in Hebrew is lev, is lamed bet, which means heart in Hebrew. We, we started talking about this, this precept of loving your fellow Jew and how we can attain that. And the conclusion was really that uh, the way, the gateway to loving your fellow as yourself is by really focusing on their godly soul and connecting with your own godly soul, as opposed to your animal soul or their animal soul and how all divisions amongst Jews really stem from their bodies, but essentially on a godly soul level, we're really all one and the same. Uh, so this is all really nice in theory, but let's be real. Um, what happens when you encounter somebody who does something that is really, really distasteful to you? So you can sit and meditate and try to focus on their godly soul. Like that's all very nice and good. But what about, what about the thing that they did? What about the fact that you just saw them do something that's really not okay, that is not excusable by any means at all? What are you supposed to do with that? Are you just supposed to ignore it? I mean, ignoring it actually seems to run counter to Torah because as we'll see in today's text, it actually says in the Gemara that there's actually a mitzvah to hate somebody who does something wrong, who, who sins against God. So we just been all lovey-dovey talking about love and loving our fellow Jew, regardless of who they are, and, you know, uh, unconditional love and all that. But then on the other hand, we're saying that there are times that we have to hate people. So how do we reconcile this? How can you both love and hate somebody at the same time? What is going on? So this is what the Altar Abba is going to focus on today is really the practical application of this all and leading us through kind of a very uh, logical, sequential kind of reasoning of how, of self-talk talk of what we can tell ourselves uh, and how we can view the situation when practically something like this comes about, when we encounter a Jew that we want to love because they're our fellow Jew, but then they do something that's not okay. They do something that's against the will of God. How do we deal with this? What emotions are we meant to be feeling in this moment and how can we come to experience the appropriate emotions? So let's get straight into the text and see how the altar about leads us through it. So the altar begins today. And again, for context, we're learning the second half of chapter 32 of Likotei Amarim. And the altar begins today with a challenge to everything that we've learned yesterday, which again was all about loving your fellow Jew, focusing only on their godly soul and all that stuff. So then the altar says, but wait a second, there's this teaching in the Gemara. And for context in the Gemara, this is in Masechet Pesachim, page 113b, that if you see your fellow sinning, 
then it's actually a mitzvah to hate them. And not only is it a mitzvah for you to hate them, you're actually supposed to go and tell your teacher that you should hate that that he should hate him too. And okay, so what so what's this about? So the ultra says, wait a second, we have to look at this wording very specifically. If you look, the wording in the Gemara says, he who sees his fellow who sinned. And so the ultra really hones in on this word fellow, which in Hebrew, or like friend, which he says, um, what this means, the definition of this word friend, fellow in this context is somebody who is on par with him as his equal in Torah and mitzvahs. Uh, meaning to say, that this person is on the same level of, as you. This is somebody who is just as knowledgeable as you are, uh, had the same kind of like orientation in terms of Torah and mitzvahs, let's assume like the same educational background, all of that kind of stuff. So kind of like if you've heard a few episodes ago, I spoke about the story about what at McGill University, how I took a beginner Hebrew class, which was kind of funny because I speak Hebrew, fluent Hebrew and it was kind of like a, a way to get like an easy A and, and, you know, get extra credits really easily. And I spoke about the fact that it really wasn't fair because here I was breezing through the class, getting hundreds on all the tests with literally like zero work when the other students in the class were really struggling there. So in that kind of context, it would be like sort of the same thing of like, if I were to see one of my students in class uh, getting a 60 in, on the test, could I judge them and say, oh, wow, you know, here I got a hundred and you just got a 60. Like, wow, you must have really not studied. You must have really not put in the work. You must have really, you're, you must be really dumb, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. That really wouldn't be fair because here I am, I'm coming with my background of living in Israel, going to Jewish schools my whole life, knowing coming in with this whole set of knowledge sub, set of knowledge of, of knowing hebrew and i don't know where this person's coming from they this might be the first time that they've ever seen a hebrew letter in their whole life so how can i fairly judge them when they're not necessarily where i'm at so this is the first thing that the ultra says is he says that when you see somebody doing something that is not okay somebody's doing a sin against god so while the gemara says that uh if your fellow is doing this, you have to ask yourself, is this really my fellow? Is this somebody who is really equally on par for me? And honestly, that's kind of impossible to gauge because you don't know people's backgrounds. You don't know their struggles. We had a previous episode about the whole idea of you being humble before every person, not knowing their struggles and everything. And, um, and not only that, continues the Alter Rebbe, it's actually not enough to just know that this person is your fellow to hate them. If let's say, theoretically speaking, and again, this is very theoretical because it's like, how can you really know what where another person's standing, what level they're on, how much Torah they know and everything. But theoretically speaking, let's say you did see somebody like this who you really were pretty confident to say that they should know better, that they you know, are on the same level of you in terms of their Torah knowledge, in terms of their background, all of that kind of stuff. Even still, it's not so simple that you're supposed to hate them right away. There's actually a, something that's incumbent upon you. There's a precept that's incumbent upon you that we find that we learn from uh, from Vayikra, chapter 19, verse 17, where it says, that you should rebuke your friend. So you have an obligation. It's the idea of you, uh, if you see something, say something. If you see somebody doing something wrong, um, you have to tell them. You're supposed to tell them. And only after you've told a person, and again, this isn't just like a, you know, a simple kind of person. This is someone who you feel like is is your equal. If you've communicated to them 
that they're doing something wrong and they still don't listen to you, okay, then maybe um, we can, there's room to say that we can hate such a person as is written in Sefer Haredim. Like then we can say, okay, this was not a mistake. This person's really doing something on purpose here. And this is like, this person's like purposefully rebelling against God. But as we'll see further on, that it's it's not so simple in that case either. That even in that case, it's not like you blatantly just hate them and forget about it. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But first, the ultra Robert addresses the situation of somebody who is not necessarily your equal. Somebody who isn't uh, you're not like that close with. You don't know them really intimately, which again, as I mentioned, this is kind of, we can say pretty much everybody because we don't know intimately what's going on in ev- for every person's situations, what's propelling them, why they're doing, why they're behaving, how they're behaving. So in any event, for these kind of people, people who are not on this level of chavero, of like being your equal, uh, being your fellow in that way, then we find this teaching from Hill the Elder in Pirkei Avos, chapter 1, Mishnah 12, where Hill the Elder taught that you should be amongst the disciples of Aaron, who loved peace and pursuing peace, and he loved all the creatures and drew them near to their creator. Meaning to say that even those that are very far from God's Torah and serving God, so to the point that they're just called creatures. So the Hebrew, I'll, I'll read out that Hebrew, the teaching of, uh, of Hillel in Hebrew, it says, Be amongst the, the students of Aaron. That you should love peace and pursuing peace. Pursuing peace. and Love your fellow creatures and bring them close to Torah. And so the Altar Rabbi specifies that the this word love your creatures your fellow fellow creatures is briot in Hebrew. This is like sort of like an um, a hint at the fact that some people are kind of on such a low level, such a simple level that they're merely called creatures. And so for even these kind of people who are on this very low level, the, the Hillel is saying that the trait of Aaron Cohen. What he was famous for was this idea of love, loving all Jews. And Hillel says that this is a trait that we really need to emulate for, uh, um, towards all Jews, even Jews that are really, really these like simple folk that have no real um, positive qualities to them other than being creatures of God, creations of God. And for them, even for them, the altar says that as taught by Hillel Zakin, that we need to draw them in with ropes of love. And perhaps through this love, this will draw them closer to Torah and to the service of God. So uh, the altar of really is proponing this this uh, technique of basically like how to draw somebody close is through love, not through punishments, not through berating and things like that. But if you see somebody who's far from God, you know, it's a very practical way. You see Jews nowadays who are not religious either because they weren't raised religious or even Jews who were raised religious. What's the proper approach to someone who is very far from God at this moment? The altar was saying it's to love them, draw them close and near with love. And now the altar says that even if let's say, you know, so you kind of, it's, there's a little bit of a, of a, of a, a strategy kind of thinking here that we're thinking to ourselves, you see, you know, the idea of Kiruv or Shluchas uh, that you see somebody who's not religious and you say, oh, you know how I'm going to make them religious? I'm going to, I'm going to shower them with love. Um, so what happens if you do that? You're very loving towards them and it doesn't work. They don't actually come closer to God. It's nice you love them and all that stuff, but they don't actually uh, start keeping mitzvahs or things like that. The altar of says, don't worry. Even if you failed in this uh, in this endeavor of trying to bring them close to God, you still got the mitzvah of loving your fellow. 
Um, so again, so this is for those categories of people who are not really on your level. These are simple folk kind of Jews that don't necessarily know better, uh, you know, um, or you don't really know where they're holding. They're not really that close to you. You don't know the intimate details of their thoughts and their life. Just love them. And okay, so that's that's the idea of Jews that are not so close to you, that are not your equal, let's say. Now the ultra is going to go back to those Jews that are our equal, that seemingly according to the Gemara, it says that we're supposed to hate them, that, uh, that okay, these people that are your, um, that you are very close to, that are your equal, and that you did rebuke them, and they did not stop sinning, even after you rebuke them, they should know better, and you, and they didn't, and, you know, so it's, it's a mitzvah to hate them, um, so, let's say you really, really know, you know, there's a way that you can peer into their thoughts, you know what's going on, you know, you know, then, and you really conclude there is a firm way to conclude here that they should have known better. They, there's no excuse for their behavior at all. And you actually do have a mitzvah to hate them. That's, there's no way around it. So the ultra Arba says, fine, sure. There's a mitzvah to hate these Jews. Okay. But you know what? There's also a mitzvah to love them. That doesn't take away the mitzvah to love them. So how can you hate somebody and love them at the same time. What's going on? So the ultra explains that we hate them due to the bad that's within them, the, the negativity that's within them. And we love them due to the good that's hidden within them, which is the spark of God that's within them that vivifies their godly soul. So again, it comes back to these idea of the two souls. If we look at a person as being just one person, one soul, Sure, it gets really complicated. It's like, okay, they're doing something horrible. I, you know, we we identify everything they do with them. Then we're gonna hate them. But when we realize that everybody, we're all made up of two souls, it becomes a lot more complicated because then we realize that okay, somebody's doing something negative. That's not coming from the godly soul, which means only one half of them was involved in this negative thing, the the animal soul. So sure, hate that part, hate the negativity within them, but. The godly soul has nothing to do with that. If anything, the godly soul is now really trapped within this exile even further within them. And now you're going to actually feel compassion for this godly soul because you realize how entrapped, enslaved, like this good is within this person. So it becomes like a Nebuch case. It becomes like you look at this person and you see that they're so consumed with negativity. And it's like, it's so sad for them because it's like they're true innermost self, their godly self is not allowed to shine through. And it's so steeped in exile, so covered up with this negativity. And then you're going to feel compassion towards this person, towards their godly soul. And this compassion, the power of compassion is actually so strong that it's actually going to nullify the hatred. So true, we had that hatred, we hated the negativity, but then we also feel this compassion towards the godly soul. And that compassion is so strong that it actually nullifies the hatred and it arouses the love. Uh, as is said, and this is a citation from Yeshayahu chapter 29, verse 22, Yaakov shall pada it Avraham, that Yaakov redeemed Avraham. So this idea of Yaakov redeeming Avraham. So every one of the forefathers had a specific trait that was associated with it. So Avraham was associated with love or with chesed, this idea of giving, you know, loving kindness, all that stuff. Uh, Yitzchak is associated with gvora, restraint, um, you know, more of this withholding, kind of energy that might be more in the category of, we could say hatred or severity, um, criticism, things like that. And then we have Yaakov and Yaakov is the, um, is associated as being, he's considered to be the archetype of compassion, of beauty, of harmony. And so this is 
this is the deeper meaning of this idea of Yaakov redeeming Avraham, that Yaakov, if we say Yaakov is compassion, redeems Avraham, which is love. So compassion can arouse love. So in simple terms, if you see somebody doing something that you find despicable that you don't like, well, yes, there might be this immediate hatred that you feel, which is actually an appropriate uh, feeling to have. So the ultra is being very affirming in the sense that it's appropriate to feel ha hatred. If you see somebody doing something that's against the will of God, we don't want to ignore it. We want to actually feel hatred towards that because it's if you do, if you see somebody doing something against someone you love, you better hate it. You know, it makes sense that you would hate it. But then that hatred should immediately lead you to feeling compassion towards this person, towards the fact that their inner self, their godly self is not allowed to express itself and it's being overpowered by all this negative stuff. And then this compassion is going to lead you to really love this person. And then in conclusion, the ultra brings up a final seeming challenge to this idea where we find that in Tehillim, chapter 139, verse 22, we see that David HaMelech, King David said, that he hated them. I hate them with a cons consummate hatred, which really sounds like Absolutely no love. There were certain people that David Melch totally, totally hated with a total, complete kind of hatred. So the ultra rabbi says what those people that the, that David Melch was referring to, these were the heretics and the atheists who had no part in the God of Israel. Like they really rejected God. These were very specific individuals, um, which are spoken about in the, the, this is written about in the Gemara in the beginning of chapter 16 of Masechet Shabbos. Um, so it's it's not your average Jew who's just doing something. And the truth is, this is this is where the ultra Rebbe ends off here. But the truth is that nowadays these real heretics they don't really exist. It's not you know in order to be a real heretic you have to know quite a bit. You have to have your head on straight. It can't be coming from like trauma or something like that. These kind of people don't don't really exist nowadays. If you think about like the word, the term atheist, like that's like a very intense thing to say, to say that a person, you're an atheist is like in order to have a conclusion, it's one thing to say that you're agnostic. Agnostic, agnosticism is saying that like, you don't know if there's a God, you're not sure. It's sort of, you can say that there's a certain level of humility there, but to say that you're an atheist means that you've thoroughly researched everything about God, you've learned the entire Torah, you've learned the entire Gemara, everything there is to know, and you've concluded that there absolutely 100% is no God. That's like a pretty definitive statement. And like, think about nowadays, like our generation of like TikTok, Instagram, stuff like that. How many people can we say are on that level that they can know something like that with such definitude that they studied so extensively that that's the conclusion that they're at, that they're like, like who is a real atheist nowadays? Do they even really exist? Um, and again, is perhaps those people that call themselves atheists, how tainted is that with their own trauma, with their only own emotional issues that's going on? So, I mean, this is something that I believe the Rebbe spoke about uh, in, in other places that this idea of true heretics nowadays, it doesn't really exist, which really means nobody falls into this category of consummate hatred that the, that David Amalek had um, towards these people. So really this idea of loving your fellow Jew can apply to every single Jew across the board. And in conclusion, just to bring it all together, so again, today the Ultra Rabbi really addressed how we can have this love towards our fellow Jew, even when we're seeing them doing things that are not appropriate, that are negative, that we find despicable. So first of all, we have to assess, is this person really on my level that I can judge them? Uh, like, is it appropriate for me to judge them um, in such a way? Have I rebuked them? Have I done my part? Did they still... Um, 
did they still go about sinning even after I rebuked them? Once you make this assessment, then you can say, okay, so now if they're not on my level, then the ultra says, so draw them to your level with love, you know? And even if they never come to your level, even if they never come closer to God, that's okay. You've done your mitzvah of loving your fellow Jew. And if they are on your level, and if you rebuke them, they still are not doing what they need to do, then this should lead you to, yes, hate what they're doing. hate the negativity within them. But at the same time, feel a deep sense of compassion towards the godly soul that's trapped within this negativity, trapped within this evil. And just, and, you know, recognize how, uh, how difficult this is for their godly soul. Feel this compassion towards the godly soul. And that godly soul will nullify the hatred and will instead bring out your, the love towards your fellow Jew. So indeed, we can love everybody. We can love our fellow Jew. We must love our fellow Jew. Love is the whole point of the world, as we learned yesterday. And so that's the conclusion of chapter 32. We're going to move on tomorrow to chapter 33. I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.